This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Josh Heisman and New Hope Community Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information, visit newhopechurchtn.org. Um, my wife asked me the other day, we were coming in from a very, very busy day. You know how Saturdays can be go, go, go. We were really busy coming in, coming in the front door, and we were talking about rest. And she said, <laughs> she said, you have trouble with rest? Like the emphasis on you. Because she's seen me, right, binge watch a Netflix show, take a three-hour nap, watch some classic movies, laying on the couch for hours at a time. But I'm here to tell you, as much as that's great, that's wonderful, we need that, that's not the full picture of this Sabbath rest that we're talking about today. You see, I'm, I'm a very, very go, 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 get it done personality. We used to live in um, Arkansas, and about every truck there had a gun in the back window and a sticker that said, get her done. <laughs> get her done. That's kind of how I am. I just get her done. And, and so God knows that about me. He knows that about all of us, to, to be honest. He knows that we are very self-reliant people. You know, we're going to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're going to get this thing done no matter what, what the cost, no matter what it is. He knows that that's how we're wired, right? That we're going to get it done no matter what the cost. And I, I need to be reminded of Psalm 46. Psalm 46 says, you may know this, say it with me if you know it, be still and know that I am God. It could have just said, know that I am God. Know that I am God. Because he's God, right? And we need to come to know him, but he knows that in order for that process to happen, we have to be still. Be still. This morning, are you grateful for the worship team? Just let us in just an incredible time of, of restful, restful worship. But I'm here to tell you, I was here early, early with them as they were kind of going through some of the songs, and I'm walking from side to side, okay, what sounds best over here? What sounds best over here? And I'm finally like, okay, I gotta sit down, I gotta sit down. And I sit down, and I close my eyes, and I'm like, okay, Lord, come meet me here, and then I find my foot going like this, and I'm like, okay, this sounds like, and this sounds, it's tough to rest. Can anybody relate? It's tough. It's really tough. It's when I truly rest in his presence that I can really come to know who he is, what he is, what he has for my life, and he knows that. He knows that we have to slow down. We have to be still to know that he is God. Just the other day, my Bible reading app went off at 8 o'clock in the morning, as it does every morning. Anybody have one of those that reminds you? I, I highly recommend it. It just kind of keeps me in the Word. Um, but it went off at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I went to sit down to, to read on this couch, actually. And about, I got right, about right here, and I went, no, nope. Same time I got to read my Bible, I also got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's a problem. What do you think I did? This goes with you everywhere, right? It was a Bible reading app. I took it with me to the restroom. I got her done. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, that was not quality time. It was not quality time. I felt like I accomplished something, and I got her done, but it was not quality time. And I can just stand here and say, my name is Mark Eddington, and I am a multitasker. <laughs> I am. I just, I want to get it done and multiple things at one time, and, and that looks great on a resume. That's why I'm standing here, right? Because I was a multitasker, and I got her done. But it doesn't look good in real life. We just get going and going and going and doing so much and more and more and more, and we just got to have more and do more and 
But that's not uh, what God has for us. He wants us to embrace this, this real Sabbath rest. And I want to get into that a little bit today. So how do we all struggle with this? You know, I can see that many of you relate to that uh, last example of, of needing to go to the restroom and read the Bible. You don't want to admit it, but I can see it on your face. You're like, yeah, I've been there, been there. According to a study by Oxford Economics up here on the screen, it says, Americans aren't using vacation days and are essentially working for free almost one week per year. Think about that. You're working so much that you're essentially working for free for one week a year. Workers are only using 77% of their paid time off, the biggest decline in the past four decades. In 2013, U.S. workers took on average of 16 days vacation compared with slightly more than 20 days in 2000. It seems to be a common thread no matter where you live. And some of you are sitting there going, I don't take 16 days. But you get the idea is that we're just working ourselves into an early grave. We've become a culture driven to success at all costs. At all costs. By the promises of more, if you just work a little bit harder. The problem with that is, is that a little bit harder gets a little bit more frantic and just becomes this need for more possessions, more, more stuff, more influence, more security, more recognition, more, more, more. We, just, we don't want to say that we want those things, but, but we do. And it just keeps getting bigger. That list just keeps getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And ultimately, this pace just, we just can't keep up with it. We just can't keep up with it. And at the very least, we're exhausted. And we, we long for those kind of naps like Joey and Chandler had. We're laughing because we, we long for that. We want to just rest because we're so exhausted. I read a couple of great books uh, getting ready for this message, and one of those was Wayne Mueller's book called Sabbath. And he says this. He says, a successful life has become a violent enterprise. Let me say that again. A successful life has become a violent enterprise. Think about it for a second. What does our busy lifestyle do to us at the end of the day? Like I said, at the very least, we're exhausted. Our bodies can only take so much. And, and we wake up the next morning sometimes, we just feel like we've been hit by a Mack truck. It's like, I don't remember running a marathon. But we really do. How many of you are wearing a Fitbit right now? Or an Apple Watch or something that some of you are lying. Uh, so how many of you are wearing two of them? Okay. <laughs> We want to clock those, those steps, right? You know, I got 10,000. Uh, Lisa and I will go for a walk every once in a while in the evenings. Uh, not as much as we did in, in Manhattan, but we, we try to get it in here. And, and immediately, we can be in the middle of a conversation. We're walking, and she's just like, yes! I'm like, what just happened? I hit 10,000. <laughs> so we're on top of that, right? We're on top of it. And our bodies can only take so much of just the busyness in our life. And on top of that, it seems like we're waking up daily to this news, like, like Pastor Josh was talking about, about what happened in Las Vegas. And if it's not that, it's something else. And, and that kind of stuff that we just get bombarded with every day, whether we're uh, going to work or sitting on the couch and just watching the news all day, it, it affects us. It affects us. The world we live in is a violent place, and I don't want my life to add to that violence. You hear me? I don't want my life to add to that violence. I'm sure if you've uh, you've heard it said before, uh, I'm sure you've said it before, if you're honest with yourself, I am so busy. And let's be honest, sometimes we say that with a badge of honor, right? 
I'm so busy. I've got this going, I've got this going, and I've got the kids doing this, and I've got this meeting, and I've got this, and the list goes on and on and on, and we're juggling these things. <laughs> Makes you feel important, right? But let me just dispel that, that, that myth. We who see that in you just feel sorry for you. We do. And if, if I'm honest, I see myself, and I feel sorry for myself. Like, what am I doing? I'm just going, going, going so hard. What's going to happen is it's going to catch up with me. Matthew chapter 11 says this. Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You've heard this before, right? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm telling you, for the first several years of my life, I was pretty confident that that verse was about having breakfast with Jesus. I was like, what is this yoke? Are we just having eggs? What's, what's going on? But no, there, there's actually something here I want to show you. This is a yoke. You ever seen one of these? My dad is a, a farmer. Uh, he was a banker for many years, but now that he's retired, he's a farmer. It's something he's always wanted to do and... And he's in there, and he's, he's doing it. But this, is, this was used um, up until the last century, actually. Uh, you put two animals in there, and they work together, side by side, to get her done, to get the, the ground plowed or tilled or whatever it may, may be. They work together to get it done. And Jesus is saying here, take my yoke upon you. Let me do this with you. Let me come alongside you. Because here, if you're, if you're doing it by yourself, you're just kind of dragging one side, and, and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get it done. But it doesn't get done quite as good and efficient as it does if Jesus is beside you. Here's what he's saying. He's not saying stop the work. He's not saying take a load off, get on the couch, and, and all that. He's saying, no, the work's got to get done. So I'm just here to tell you, put that at rest in your mind. The work's got to get done. The to-do lists have got to get done. But he wants to come alongside you and do it with you. And we got to let him do that. I want to show you this next picture. A couple of oxen in there. You see this one foaming at the mouth? That's me a lot of the time. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I got this. I got this. I can do this by myself. And I'm pulling ahead, and he's back here, and then he's pulling ahead, and I'm back here. And you got to work side by side, side by side in tandem. That's really what we need. That's what we need in our life is his, his never-ending hand of providence and guidance, and comfort in our lives. Because that yoke, you know, as it's weighing on your shoulders, it hurts. But how much more does it hurt when this side is down here and, and you're trying to pull it along? Let him come alongside you. Let him be a part of that. So what does the Bible say about the elusive Sabbath? Let's start when the Sabbath was actually created. Back in Genesis, God created on day one the heavens and the earth. And on day two, he created the sky. And on day three, the dry land. And on day four, the stars and the heavenly bodies. And day five, creatures living in the water and the birds. And day six, creatures living on dry land, including you and me, including men and women. And then on day seven, he says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work 
that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Let's put our life in there. Day one, I've got to wake up early. I've got a big meeting to go to. Day two, I've got to get the kids off to school. Day three, I've got a baseball game. Day four, I've got God created the universe. I'm not uh, minimizing your stuff, but let's put it into perspective here, right? God created the heavens and the earth and all that is within it. And on day seven, he said, look, it's good. It's good. It's time to take rest now. You see, he's setting a precedence and creating a priority of rest in our lives. And this is not a statement, by the way, of of when this should happen. It's just a statement saying that it should happen. It should happen in your life. In fact, he goes so far as to to make it holy. You've you've heard us singing this morning, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Well, that word holy uh, in the Hebrew is kodesh, which means apartness, which means set-apartness, which means separateness, sacredness. Our God is holy. He is worshiped separate, separate. He alone. You see what he's done here with the Sabbath? He said the, the Sabbath. The Sabbath is holy. The Sabbath is set apart. The Sabbath is sacred. It's important to know that our God is holy and Sabbath that he created is holy. It it puts that extra stamp of importance on it, right? It's like, okay, all right, this is important. But God knows the tendencies of our heart. And one of those that we've been establishing today is this tendency towards towards self-reliance. I can do this. I've got this. But we need to remember what God says. I want to look forward on the, the book of Exodus. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. I know it's up here on the screen, but why don't you go ahead and open your Bible if, you're, if you've got it with you today. I know it's, a, it's a strange concept, I know, that we come to church and, and open our Bible. If you don't have one, there's a, a pew Bible in front of you. And I'm going to ask that you do something that maybe you're not comfortable with, but maybe many of you are doing this. I want you to underline a couple of words there. It's okay to write in your Bible. Underline the words above all. Because that's a very significant piece within this verse. See, up to this point in history, we've had a lot of laws concerning the Old Testament tabernacle. We've had a lot of rules concerning the presence of God. And what God just said to Moses is, teach the people of Israel this, above all, above all. So more important than anything else I've said before is this statement, you shall keep my Sabbaths. Above all of these other rules that were important, that were helped to guide the people of Israel. But right now he's saying, look, Above all of that, you shall keep my Sabbaths. So what does this say about the nature and character of God? That above all, he says, take a day off. He's saying you need to take a day off and do nothing. You need to rest. Stop your toil. Stop your your busyness. And remember that I, the Lord, am your God. He's he's very, very serious. And as you're about to see in verse 14, he he takes it up a notch here. And these are verses that sometimes we kind of like blow past. But I want you to hear this. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. 
Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he was rested and was refreshed. That's the kind of Sabbath we're looking for, is that refreshing, resting Sabbath. But did you hear that in verse 14? Everyone who profanes it is put to death. That's, that, that's taking a, a, a bold step, right? I mean, you're going to take a day off or, or I'll kill you. <laughs> Something is going on here that's very, very serious to the heart of God. I mean, how many of you have gone into your, to your boss on a Sunday afternoon? You got to, I got to work, I got to get done, I got to get, get it done. I'm going to go in on Sunday afternoon and your boss says, no, 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 no. You're not going to work today. If you do, you're out of here. I mean, literally, you're dead. No. If anything, you're going to get the bonus at the end of the year. You're going to get the pat on the back saying, you've done a great job. You've put in that extra, uh, those extra hours. And, but I'm here to tell you, it's, it's at the detriment of your soul. That's the death we're talking about. It's to the detriment of our souls that we just drive ourselves into the ground with all the busyness that we have. That's what he's saying. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. God says, because you have a bent towards self-reliance and are prone to forget my goodness, to forget my grace, you're going to take a day of the week and stop everything. And you're going to remember that I am the one who has delivered you. I am the one who fights for you. I am the one who provides for you. Remember, he says, I am that I am. That's why the Sabbath exists. But here's the deal. We can get in there and we can mess it up, right? Because we have this little thing called free will. We have a choice. You had a choice to be here today. You have a choice tomorrow morning when you wake up to spend time in his word. You have a choice to work 60 hours a week or 70 hours a week or whatever it happens to be. You have a choice. Or you can establish a rejuvenating, life-giving time of rest in your life. So I know oftentimes I'm sitting there in your place and I'm going, okay, so what do I do with this? I hear what you're saying, I hear the word, I believe the word, but I'm busy. I've got to provide for my family, I've got this, I've got that, I've got, my kids got this, and what do I do? As much as I'd like to say it's as easy as, as just stopping all your to-dos and start taking more naps, it's not that easy. The to-dos still have to get done, right? You're thinking right now, tomorrow I've got this going on, I've got this going on, it, it's all got to get done. There's a great story in the book of Mark, one of my favorite books of the Bible, the book of Mark, I don't know why. Story about the Sabbath. It says this, it says, one Sabbath he was going through the grain fields. This is Jesus we're talking about. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. One Sabbath Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the, the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, hear me, church, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to continue doing exactly what you're doing. You're like, what? Continue doing what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, go to class, make the kids lunch, go to work, lead that tough meeting, go to the grocery store, 
go shopping, whatever needs to get done, the list goes on and on and on, right? But, and you knew that was coming, right? But begin to work into your schedule that time of rest. And here's the deal, whatever it looks like in your life, whenever it looks like in your life. It's kind of like an athlete, right? You, just, you start with a little bit, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more. It's a time to look back on your creations. Remember God, he created everything in the six days, and on the seventh day, he looked back on it, and he rested, and he said, it is good. And it's, it's good for us to look back on our creations, what we've created with our hands, what we've created with our minds, and with our hearts, and, and look at it and go, it, it's good. Even if it wasn't a great week, God is in control, amen? God knows what's going on in your life, and it's good for us to look back and, man, I've had a terrible week, but it is good. It is good because you are in control. So I look back on those creations, and I remember that it is holy. The Sabbath is holy, and it's set apart from all the other stuff of the day. And I see what God does in and through it. I love this, this commentary, Matthew Henry's biblical commentary. There's lots of great ones out there. This is one that I read. And I want to read this commentary on that last verse that we just read. It says this, The Sabbath is a sacred and divine institution, a privilege and benefit, not a task and a drudgery. God never designed it to be a burden to us. Therefore, we must not make it so ourselves. The Sabbath was instituted for the good of mankind as living in society. Did you hear that? The good of mankind who are living amongst each other in society, having many wants and troubles, preparing for a state of happiness or misery. See the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, we're all in there. Man was not made for the Sabbath as if his keeping it could, service, could be of service to God. See, God doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything from us. He is God. He's sitting in heaven. But here's the deal. He wants to spend time with us. He wants for us to, to talk to him and say, I've had this kind of a day today and, and I've got this coming up. And when my kids talk to me, I want that more than anything for my kids to come to me and just talk to me about whatever it is. It's the same with our God, our Abba Father, our Daddy. He wants to spend time with each of us. So here's the deal. It's not about the rules that bring on guilt. It's about the rest that brings on grace. We can get so caught up in all the rules of life that we just feel guilty. We're like, oh man, I missed that time of rest. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, just do it again the next day. Just pick up. Do it again the next day. He's not going to be pointing at you and saying, look, you didn't, you didn't meet with me yesterday. This, today's not going to be quite as good because you didn't meet with me. No. He just wants to spend time with us. I want you to, to put that up on the screen one more time if we could. It's not about the rules that bring on guilt. It's about the rest that brings on grace. God's grace covers us. See, Sabbath rest, just like salvation, is something that we don't deserve. But nonetheless, he's given it to us freely. And if you're here today and, and you don't even know who this Jesus is that we're talking about, that I'm talking about, that who this God is, that I'm talking about its importance to have rest with him, if you don't know him, today's the day to start that. Because just like Sabbath, salvation is a gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. 
You just say, yes, Lord, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me and to raise again on the third day for my sins, for all of the stuff that I've done, am doing, are going to do. So if that's you and you're here today, accept Jesus as your Savior. Just say that simple prayer, Lord, I, I, I love you, I thank you for what you've done in my life, and I believe in you, and I accept you as my Savior. And then move forward in this rest and rejuvenation through Sabbath. You know, my family, we, t- we, try, we try to take uh, Saturday and do nothing work-related. That's why I said try. God's grace covers us because it doesn't always happen, but we try to do that. But I try to take uh, that Sabbath rest every day. As you know now, it's 8 o'clock every morning. (laughs) But I I do that every day, and it's just whatever it looks like in your life, take that time to rest with the Lord. So I want to ask you to take a challenge with me over these next 28 days. We're just starting this this series, Rest Area, and we're going to be 28 days in it. And so I want you to, to find time each week for a genuine Sabbath rest. Whatever and whenever that looks like in your life, take time to rest in his presence. Read the word, listen to some worship music, nap. Yeah, it's okay to nap. One of my favorite books um, is a book called Secrets of the Secret Place. Um, and there's a chapter in there. It's, it's kind of got a daily uh, devotion each day. And one of those chapters is just called I'm Bored. And how many of you can relate whenever you're, you're spending time resting that you just can kind of get bored sometimes and and hopefully that's not what's happening right now. But um, we do. We can get bored. And, and he puts in this chapter how the first time that he began to implement this rest in his life, he, he would fall asleep reading the Word. And he would wake up feeling so guilty. It's like, Lord, I did not mean to fall asleep as I was, as I was talking to you, as I was reading your Word and you were speaking to me. I didn't mean to fall asleep. And the Lord just kind of smacked him upside the head and said, look, there's no better thing to do than to fall asleep in my presence. And so if that's you and you're, and, you're, and you're in his word and you're just tired and you fall asleep, be it for a little nap or all night long or whatever it is, just wake up and go, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for that time of rest. But if you do this, if you're still and you, and you know that he is God, I, I just, I'm here to tell you because I've been there and I've done that, there's going to be some changes in your life. For you, you're going to be more compassionate, you're going to be more tolerant, and you're going to be more joy-filled. And, and here's the deal. It's not just these three things, but I've seen these three things in my life. I've become more, t- more compassionate, more, more tolerant, more, more joy-filled in my life. And then in my church, you're going to be more open to the move of God. You're going to be more excited to worship corporately. Such an exciting time this morning worshiping together with each other. But you see, the deal is you're going to come and you're not going to be so concerned about your, your needs, your wants. It's going to be all about just coming together with other believers and worshiping together. And you're going to have more energy to serve. I've just loved over the, the time that these connect groups are meeting of our connect group uh, worship, our connect group welcome teams being here every Sunday and welcoming you as you've come in and and greeting you, that's just a part of, of church life, just serving. We're never more like Jesus than when we're serving. Never. And so you're going you're gonna to have more energy to serve. And in your community, you're going to be more friendly to your neighbors. I was so thankful when we first moved here that our neighbors, uh, I, literally like in the first week or two, they came over and said, we, we're having a block party. We'd love for you to come out and, and uh, meet everybody. And, 
And that was great. It was kind of out of my comfort zone. But here's the deal. I, I, I desire to be more friendly to those around me, to be more friendly to neighbors, to be more kind, and to be more generous. My wife is one of the most generous people on the planet. And I can kind of hold a little tighter to things. <laughs> but as I spend time with God, as I rest in his presence, I begin to realize it's, it's not mine, it never was. And I just become a more generous person. And then you're going to begin to see a change in the world. It's going to be less violence. There's going to be less hate. There's going to be more love. And I know some of you are sitting there this morning and you're going, how in the world can my time of rest affect the world? But here's the deal. I'm not talking to just one of you. And all those churches down the road today and across Williamson County and across Davidson County and across the world are talking about and singing to the same God. And if we're all implementing this rest in our lives, it will come about and make a change in us. It will make a change in our church. It will make a change in our community. It will make a change in the world. That's how God designed it to be. And so don't go into this skeptical. Go into it going, yeah, Lord, I want this change in the world. I don't want to see anything else on the news that it's got shootings or whatever it happens to be, Lord. I don't want to see any of that anymore because I don't want it to happen anymore. And as you begin to take time with God and the person next to you begins to take more time with God and the person next to them and down the street and around the world, you will see these changes until the day that Jesus comes back. So think about the stress in your life. Think about how you act when, when you're stressed out. The other day I was coming to work and it, it took me about two hours, I'm not kidding, from Franklin to get to here. And I walked in the door and I was pretty upset. I let, I let my joy be taken by that. And, and uh, somebody met me at the door who was over the age of 60 and said, you got to use this new app, Waze. I'm like, <laughs> Really? <laughs> so I say all that to say is that's a moment in my life that got me pretty stressed out. And I know what stresses me out. And I know that spending time with God changes that. It changes that. It changes who I am. Here's the deal. You've got to keep accomplishing this, those to-do lists. But do it with God. Spend time with him. Be with him. He wants to spend time with you. Thank you for listening. For more information and additional resources, visit our website at newhopechurchtn.org. Also check us out on Facebook, iTunes, Instagram, and Twitter.